Brooklyn sounds like. Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa, and I give a shit. How you guys doing today? I'm in a really good mood. I love, I love the the whole Ukrainian, the whole whistleblower thing. I mean, it's really, really funny. I just can't believe how detached the whole thing. I'm just looking at it. I can't get involved. I can't emotionally get involved. It's just a big story <laughs> to me. And I, I love it. I love it. As a matter of fact, here's, here's what happened. Here's what happened to me this morning. Oh, by the way, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. I'm here every Thursday, two to three. And uh, I, I want to remind you that, uh, oh, so we have the New Orleans Music Clinic. This is a new on-air read. Uh, we provide medical, they provide, not us, they provide medical care to musicians in uh, New Orleans, which is fabulous. So I think you, wow, this is great. I'm really glad we're involved helping these people out. Um, they provide services regarded, regardless of uh, the fact that you don't even have any fucking health care because no one does anymore. Uh, support them at New Orleans Musicians, plural, clinic.org. It's great. Really proud of us. Anyway, so here's the deal. Uh, I have this incredible comedian and somebody who, with like serious chops, she's been on uh, Last Comic <laughs> Standing. She was the women. I like, I could go on. I could go on. And actually, I think what you guys should do is do what I did, which is listen to this really actually really compelling i know it sounds like it's it's long it's like a three part two, two how long was oh, that interview too long. <laughs> it was like a two hour interview with uh michelle on um judy gold who's a really famous comedian also on her on her um podcast what's the name of her podcast uh, please kill me or kill me now or something kill like me that now. kill me yeah so i found out quite a bit Kind, the kind of things that we might talk about, that we might have tried to uncover on Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. Michelle is way too complicated. I'm so glad <laughs> that I listened to all that because there's no way we could even condense one small part of that into uh, into this whole session. But, um, okay, so there's so much. There's so much to talk about. I'm going to play some of her, her, her clips because I want you to know how great she is. I want her to... Uh, Tell us, just give us like the highlights of how horrible your child was. Can you can you do that? The highlights, <laughs> okay, okay. The highlights of a child of a of how awful horrible child. your first of all as was. a whistleblower. The last thing I blew was a whistle. <laughs> Anyhow, hello, we'll be right back. Um, do you want me to do that now or the clips first? No, you. Well, you could do it now since we're on the top. Should we, what do you think? The clips? Do you want to do the clips first? Yeah, why not? Okay, I don't so. Know. Okay, yeah. so we're going to do the clips first. This is okay, your show, but, however it works for okay, you. Okay, okay. Well, you know, I'm flexible. And you you have much more experience, you know, with this kind of shit than I do. I mean, I, what do I know? <laughs> what do I know? I got four years on I, this. I That's don't know. I, I fooled people and God is where I, where I got. Where She's, I got. Uh, Look at that. So here's Great what English. I, okay, so here's what I want to tell you guys. I'm not talking, not you, Michelle. We are, You already diffused this compliment earlier, so I'm not looking at you right now. <laughs> So anyway, so blame here's what happened. Um, I uh, took a bunch of classes with uh, Carol Montgomery, who her who is also an incredible comedian, and uh, at QED, which is a great 
with Cranberry Cranberry Cruz's place. I mean, I could go on. Uh, Anyway, so um, Carol Montgomery's doing this great showcase. What is it? Women of a certain age. Yeah, but is it on HBO? It's been or what? I think she's doing on Showtime. She's doing another one on Showtime. Fran Drescher traveled all over, so I went to one of them. And Michelle was was one of the comedians on Women of a Certain Age. And as you know, I'm always telling people, I'm 63. That's my defense about how old I am. I just (laughs) come right out and go, I'm 63. Yeah. So I kind of identified these people. So anyway, uh, here's the thing. I went to see, and so Michelle, Michelle like really fucking stood out to me. And she stood out to me um, because I'm going to say like age-wise, maybe we're peers probably, uh, but also I thought that she was like incredibly funny and her timing, the material, her delivery, everything about her to me was really impressive. And I was watching her. That's because I'm Jewish. Okay. She's Jewish. She, she couldn't, she, you can't take this. Are you like kind of like going, yeah. all, That's, oh, it's all Jews say, you know, we come. Yeah. She can't take it. So I'm, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Um, but anyway, so I was thinking to myself, how, like, this woman is incredible because I am in a same age group. And I thought to myself, how did she, like, how did she get to where she's doing this still? You know, she's doing this. She's this total pro. Aww. And she's gone through her whole life. And she's making, she's made this. How did somebody do that, make, make this happen? I've had... Uh, fantasies, you know, in midlife about that I would like to be a comedian. Not that I can or would or whatever, but I've had the fantasy. And I I was just like, oh, my God. And then the second thought I had was, how can, fuck, fuck you, fuck you planet. Like, if she, <laughs> if she was a dude, she would be, she wouldn't be at, she wouldn't be doing this where I'm sitting in this room. We would be in Madison Square Garden with fucking, like where where I saw Louis C.K. It's a horrible place to see a comedian, by the way. Oh, I would never want to be there. I only went once, Louis C.K., and I would never I go mean, again. I mean, what do I say? I never want to be there. Sure, no, pay me no, the millions one night. Good night, everybody. I'm done. It's yeah. horrible, yeah, though. No, Worst hate, place to see. I don't even see concerts there. I'm like, why would I want to pay $300 to look up at the screen on TV? I go wait till it's on TV. No, no, and, yeah. and there's no like relationship with the no. audience. Don't go, don't no. go. So if you ever get free tickets, front row tickets, uh, I mean, it's great to <laughs> say I played at Madison Square Garden, inside the garden, not outside. It's, you know, but, but who wouldn't? Who would the say money? No. Imagine the money. I would not say no to the money. Who would but say it says, no? no. Yeah. But it's it's a terrible way to sick me. The best would be do Madison Square, go around the room. So where are you from? Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> I love that. I love that. thousand people. Crowd are we, work. Are we almost done? Crowd work at Madison Crowd work. Fun. So what do you do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Michelle is brilliant and uh, she really impressed me. And as I told Michelle, this isn't normally, you know, and usually I do love comedy, but I go out here, I go to the Cobra Club, I see these all comedy people and all stuff like new. that. This isn't even my taste, but I've seen enough comedy to know how brilliant and talented this person is. So I'm going to play clips so you so I can share the delight of Michelle Bellin with you. And, and let's hope <laughs> that the napping. tech works. I'll, let's hope the tech works. Anybody lose their teeth or is it just me? 
No, I had implants. People, it's so funny. I tell people I had implants. They look at my chest. <laughs> well, you think I paid 50 grand for these suckers? <laughs> 50 grand to go to the dentist. 50 grand. I was, sell I was saving money to buy a house. Now I have to move into my molar. Where does Michelle live? Her wisdom tooth. <laughs> it would have been a lot cheaper to hire somebody to chew my food <laughs> and shove it down my throat. <laughs> now I know what extraction means. Right out of my ATM. That's what it <laughs> Jesus. Now my career has taken me to the sea. I'm now on that program, where are they now? <laughs> I couldn't be happy. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm so desperate to get back on TV, I'm shooting heroin to get on intervention. <laughs> I'm hoping I get on hoarders, anything will do. Speaking of real estate, remember when we, we, we caught Osama bin Laden last, last year? Last year. Right? Ten years to, where we find him, and where was he? He was in like his living room. <laughs> right? Didn't you expect him to be like under a cave somewhere? The Underground Railroad? No, there he is. He's watching Chaz on Dancing with the Stars. He's like, <laughs> and we find him in his living room. And it's so funny, they called it the million dollar compound. Did you see that shithole? How many of you go, you paid a million bucks for that shit? Who's your broker? You won't see that on cribs anytime soon. <laughs> That's such an well, old joke. I, oh, <laughs> it's great. It's so brilliant. See, see, see that that is so great. You know, it's so funny. So, Michelle, I was watching you because I, you know, as this pretend shrink thing, um, <laughs> trying to like figure out how you were feeling when you were listening, and you look, you look like you listen critically to your own work. How do you? How, well, how do? You, how are you feeling? How? Do, how does that affect? What's that like? I think we all look at ourselves critically. Yeah. You know, don't you? I mean, even when you, you're, you know, do something, you look at it and you go, ah, oh, that would be better. We I do. Think, yeah, we, we do. Are, but, but, but like, we're, I'm our, like, we're our own worst critics, please. Yeah. 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 I mean, I listen to that and I go, oh, is that my voice? And no, but you're also really, you're also worried. That, can I just say this? This is because I think it's, I think like that, you're worried that the Osama bin Laden joke is old. Yeah, that's an old, obviously, because but, like, but no one cares. No one <laughs> no. cares. Now but you do. You now do. That's in yes. your head. That's in your head. But you know what's so funny about that? When you asked me for clips, I, I looked back because, you know, I just recorded a new eight track. So I just went back <laughs> and I <laughs> was looking at some, I was listening to some of these clips and I'm like, shit, I haven't done this joke in a long time. See, that's the thing. It's like you look back and you go, shit, I can bring that back. Yeah, so yeah. what's your process like? Do you write a, is there a lot of writing or you're really natural? Yeah. Let me tell you something, guys. I saw her out there with, with the guy, the guy at the desk, you know, when she had to fill out, fill out the, whatever, the pass to get in. And she was hilarious with the guy at the desk. Like you're in like a real natural, but what's your process like? You know, I, I just, I mean, I would say, you know, some people go and they sit and they write, uh, you know, I thought that's what I need to do. Take a piece of paper, go to a Starbucks which I hate, go there, sit there and come up with jokes. And for that, for me, that doesn't work that way. 
Because yeah. then when I sit down and I'm alone, I'm thinking, I should have gone. I had to go to the cleaners. I don't know why. I got to get those pants. <laughs> I, you know, everything else. Well, you know, what should I do now? Well, I'm hungry. You know, there's nothing that, you know, I can't focus. I'm so ADD. Uh-huh. So ADD. But it just comes to me. I don't know. I'm very blessed that way. It's just, I'll think of something funny and I'll write it down or I'll put it in my phone now. In the old days, I'd write it. Now I put it in my phone and blah, blah, blah. And because I will notice things that people don't notice. I don't know what it is. So I, you just, so you, you, you're always writing. So you're working yeah, kind of, you're kind of yeah. always working. Yeah. In my head, I keep writing. Yeah. And you know, and I write for like, I'm on the cruise ships now. So, right, right. So I write for the ships, you know, a lot of the jokes that the people, like I do a joke. I said in one week we use 85,000 eggs. All I could think about somewhere there's a chicken going, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> My uterus is on the ground. <laughs> I'm the sex slave of chickens, you know. <laughs> so it's, you know, I write, for the, I write for the cruises. So when I'm on land, I have absolutely nothing to say anymore. Hey, uh, that's so you taking a cruise. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, oh, so I mean, we were going to go through the short list of, um, not the short list, but I mean, there is no short list. We were going to go through the list of how, of like your horrible, of how the highlights of your childhood, the horrible (laughs) things, because we don't have, we don't have two hours to go through the whole, the whole thing, but just like your, well, it was, you know, I mean, for, you know, people think here's the funny part. Uh, Obviously you must be Jewish. Of course, of course. Doesn't get more Jewish than that. No, I'm Jewish. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's so funny how people think about, and I'm not really religious. Like, I'm Jewish. I was raised, I don't know, by, by chimpanzees. So totally. I know I'm just Jewish because that's what, you know, I have some family members out there that are, you know, the real Jews, you know. Right, right. Jewish um, culturally, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're the yeah. ones that, yeah. So, you know, so people think, they have this assumption that all Jews who were raised in, you know, in the five towns of Long Island or Westchester right. and we're all got money, they all think I have money. And blah, 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 we're all rich, we're all that. You know, it's like any yeah. other stereotype. Yeah, so, yeah. And my, my, you know, my mother died when I was 10. So yeah. I was, and my father had no idea that that are the kids and blah, blah, blah. And then I had a German stepmother. You had who, the worst childhood of yeah. <laughs> almost anyone I can think no, of. No, no, no. Not, no, no I mean, no, no. People a middle worse. class, middle class people. I'm talking about a oh, middle okay. class yeah. Jews. <laughs> A middle yeah, class Jews, yeah. like the definitely. only other Jews that had it worse were the ones that you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, but like, yeah. I mean, On not refugees, yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. yeah, you really had some. But you had really like we don't have to get in into all this stuff now. But listen, listen to, to, the to the Judy, Judy thing. <laughs> but like the trauma yeah. of what you went through when yeah. your mother died was just unbelievable yeah i was alone with and, her yeah, yeah and then yeah. like just some other family things and yeah. your dad was kind of like a can i say piece of shit yeah ladies man let's just say <laughs> not a great you <laughs> no. had no help you had no 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 and no basis for healthy relationships yeah and that's why everybody's like you have no intimacy i'd go i let you in the house didn't i <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's a step so yeah. uh it, no i mean like there's some really strong motherfucking force inside of you, right? Well, you know what's so weird? My mother and I have the same birthday. Yeah, you uh, yeah, November sixth. Yeah, yeah, and uh, November fifth, right? Sixth, sixth, six, yeah. And uh, what's interesting? So I was already a brat. I put her in the hospital on her birthday. Maybe that's a little fucker. So, <laughs> um, so I I do think it's funny because 
and as I got older, I, I realized that there were there are many situations I should be not here. I should have been dead. Mm-hmm. You know, many situations in my life. Mm-hmm. And I do feel that my mother has taken care of me from up there, you know, really? wherever she is, so hovering around. Because she died when you were 10 and you yeah. went through a lot. Like you lived in some really like dicey situations yeah. Yeah. and you yeah. did some things that are. Uh, yeah, I did you know, my drugs, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Well, I was she, living at uh, we, my father met this woman. Because my grandparents were taking care of us. My grandmother hated us, so he had to marry, and there's a whole long story behind that. Uh-huh. Uh, so, but anyway, I'm writing a book about it, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've been writing read this. Uh, yeah, you, you said that would, on Judy's I, I show. <laughs> if I would just finish it, it would, this is me. I'm like, everybody, you're going to be on the cruise. You're finished writing. And I go, I got to write, finish writing, because it's actually very good, people who've read it. So you're, you're And I sit serious, there, though. and then I'm like, I play cards on my computer. You know oh, what I mean? I'm yeah. so, I'm so ADD and I'm so, I, I don't know what's, I just, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, the perfect person and this has been my whole life where I start something and I never finish it. Right, right. I go, the only thing I'm going to finish is when I'm, am I on my tombstone, I'm going to write, she finally finished something. <laughs> because so, I can't seem to like, and I got to get to it because... At my pretty soon it's going to be called what now that she's dead. If I don't get to it because I mean, ser- or, or, or my memory is it all fit on a post-it note if I don't hurry up because yeah. well, really I have to focus. Everybody yells at me. You got it. Yeah, to- yeah. They want yeah. the story. Well, it's it's well, a real- but here's the thing too. You know, you say about being you know negative for our own selves. It's like who the hell gives a crap? See, that's the way I look. Like who was going to read this shit? Who's going? First, See- it's a one-woman show. Then it's a book. Then it's a. I don't know what it is, you know. See, that's what I'm sort this what's sort of like I'm starting to um think about what's interest what's there's a lot of there's a lot of paradoxes here. Yeah. Like on one hand you seem like you're totally like tough. Like almost like I don't wanna I'm like I'm a little like I don't wanna fuck with people don't wanna fuck with you. No. No way. No, right? No. But Mm-mm. then there's beyond that, there's like you just punch into that a little bit and then there's <laughs> this like really soft vulnerable. Yeah. There's this big lob, yeah. Yeah. glob of vulnerability in there. I think even John Gotti had a soft spot. You know what I mean? Everybody. No, but has you're that. really, you're really, you're really, you got that <laughs> wall. You got that wall, yeah. but there's something in there. There's really, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I then also, yeah. You're incredible to me. I mean, I think anybody would say you're incredibly accomplished. I mean, that there's no way. There's just like, you know, all the things you've done. Last comic standing. You're making. You've made a living most of your entire life as a comedian. Yeah, and here's the funny part: is that um, when you say about being accomplished, it's so funny how I guess we all are. I don't know. We all. I'm speaking for. No. But well, you, you know, and your friends. But you everybody know. in the business, you know. I know, I don't know. Elaine Boozler, your friends, Elaine Boozler, Judy Gold. But we all, you know, we all look at what we don't have. That's the problem. I think that's what most people do. Like, how come I'll be on Showtime? How come I'm not on HBO? How come, you know, it's never enough. And I'm, you know, like I think, oh, success, if you're successful. People, I'm working, people have remind me, you're making a living doing comedy and that is success. But a lot of us don't think that way. It's like we have to have, you know, the pinnacle, our own sitcom, our own this and our own this. We can't just wonder that, about the, that. The, the, the stuff we and we compare ourselves to so many. Like, oh yeah, she got that show. That's great. You know. Oh, I, I'm so she deserves it. And then you think, oh, why don't I deserve it? 
Uh, well, that's I'm, what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm pi- are you see, I got pissed off at the patriarchy when I saw you because I'm like, you should have, you know. What I want? Oh, your mic. You got to pull your mic up, or, or I can do it for you. Oh, okay. Don't, you can't hear me. Uh, no, I'm just watching. Make sure it's closer to my yeah. mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like this thing sticking in my mouth? <laughs> that would just. Mm. <laughs> well, well, there's a little. Well, con- it's, been a- it's a little condom on there. So. <laughs> well, actually, we have those condoms. Oh yeah, those things. Mike those condoms. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, uh, um. Patriarchy. Yeah, patriarchy. No, but I'm like wondering about, because I had the worst self-esteem um, to, or, or to, I don't know. I got self-esteem issues. That's what I'm always doing. What Jew doesn't, seriously. No. I mean, I, I'm not saying this to, but it's true. I mean, I think most, and it's sad because, you know, Jews came from, a, you know, a lot of rotten shit. Yeah. And uh, so, and we're always, you know, and, I think, and I didn't grow up in a Jewish house. I mean, they were Jewish, but they weren't, but, you know subsidiaries of my family it was you know you know don't trust anyone blah 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 blah. i remember when i did live with my grandmother for a short while that fucking piece anyway when i lived with her for a short <laughs> while and uh she would say talk she would whisper to me i go what we don't want anyone to hear us yeah but we're alone in here but see that was the mentality you know, from uh, Nazi, I don't, you can't let anybody, was like, everybody was hiding uh, in the Anne Frank house, you know. Was, uh, don't let anybody hear you. You know, so we all come with this, and then the, nobody said, you're great at what you do. Did you ever hear that in your life? Yeah, I have. When I started doing, you have? I mean, well, I forget it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I have, but it doesn't. Your parents say, I have, Oh, not my I, parents, uh, no. When you were a kid, your parents. You no, know not we when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. No, we not when I was a kid. you're doing, you're so good No, you're horrible. Yeah, so how do you get out You look like a tramp. How can you go out like when that? When I started doing comedy, my aunt, she says, go put on a skirt and go get a job. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. see, to me, you have really legitimate reasons to have like self-esteem issues because of your like trauma. Yeah. yeah. So, but, so, but do you, do, do you, so this is what I want to know from one. So, so I had consistent horrible things, but like you had really big, sudden horrible things. Do you think that affected you? Do you feel affected by that, or do you? Well, you know what? When you say that, I don't know any other way. Right? Do I know? Well, do you think you changed? Well, I always wonder what my life would have been like had my mother lived Mm -hmm. and I grew up with a mom and a dad and blah 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 blah. You never know that. I mean, I do look back and I go. Shit, I wonder, I wonder. I don't even know, like my mother was 39 when she died. And so I'm thinking, how, you know, I always thought oh, as right. a kid, I'm yeah. going to be dead by 39. Yeah, I could You know, see drink that. and drive and what the <laughs> fuck, don't save money. What are you saving money for? And then all of a sudden I'm here, fuck, I should have saved money. Oh my God. My financial plan, planner goes, where's your money? I said, I had a lot of drugs in the 80s. So, yeah. so when... Like, so let's say humor is a defense. You can tell me to shut up, too, because I, I have no training. Um, <laughs> so um, did, were you always, did you, I mean, humor, is humor uh, protected? Well. What, what, what role is, what is humor for you? Here's the funny part. Mm-hmm. When I, when my mother died, I, I mean, I was just, you know, all over the place. I was with, a, you know, a bunch of tough kids in Brooklyn, and I could stay out all night. Nobody cared because my grandparents, it was just all nuts. So. I went through a big depression, actually, after after a while, after my mother died. And I'd sit there and I realized I was so different, you know, and I'd look and I became very, 
what's the word? Um, uh, what's the word? Introverted? You, yes, very introverted. And uh, I, I went through this period before I was hanging out with the tough kids in Brooklyn. I just felt so alone. And I would look uh-huh. out my window in Brooklyn. And because my, we moved again for the 400th time. I don't know if my parents paid rent, but we were always moving. Mm. And I'm looking out my window and I'm thinking, I, I didn't even know how to relate to the other kids. Mm. So I went through this whole thing where I was so quiet, me. <laughs> I, was like, who? I look back, I go, who the fuck was that? You know. So, so then, you know, but that was before my mother died. I would be in school and I had, I had. Tape put over my mouth. I was yeah, you're yeah, big, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're just a big mouth. There's no way a, around it. But, but before no that, yeah, around. I was like a, you know, a pain in the ass kid. I really was. My my mother even told me, you know, um, when I was, uh, before she died, she would tell me how when I was a baby, that she almost threw me out the window because I was, you know. Blah, 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 yeah, I was not when, just, I was crying and screaming in the streets in Coney Island and screaming and screaming. And they give me a pacifier. Another, I'd spit it out. I was just a little fucking brat. Well, you got a really active yeah. mind. Your mind is really, uh, I mean, it's true. It's true. It's true. I'm telling you guys, yeah. she doesn't have to take the compliment, but I'm telling <laughs> you. All right. So, so, but then after when my mother died, I did go through this really deep depression. And it's, uh, and you know. And I really wasn't, you know, humorous. I was oh, and just quiet and no friends. I said I had no friends for a long time. So was anybody interested in you? No. I mean, your family, your, was anybody interested in looking out for you? No, no. Because, see, in those days, mm-hmm. they thought children will forget. Like um, someday I'll go, where's my mother? Did she, <laughs> she go to Florida? Anybody? <laughs> like, where'd she go? Is she out shopping? You know what I mean? It's not like today where they know that children actually do have brains and minds and mm-hmm. have feelings. So in those days, you know, I didn't even go to her. They wouldn't even bring me to her funeral. Uh, uh, they didn't take you to. Oh, no. God. No. Oh, are you angry about that? Are you angry? Like, I'm like, what the fuck? You know what? I. You've made peace. with. Them. Well, you know, I don't. I think that's just the way I, I don't know what to feel. You know, it, now I go. Time, have you talked about this in therapy? Oh yeah, yeah, they all. Yeah. And what? And what do you say Years then? Ago. You're, you're oh, like at this point, well, you know, we're over it. You're you know. bored of it. Well, the thing is, it's so long ago. Now you'll be coming to my funeral. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Shut it should up. be any minute now. I hope. Well, we could have a joint um, one probably at this point. <laughs> but um, you know, I mean, that's like I said. It's like I don't know what life would have been like. Mm-hmm. You know, so you don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like. Jeez, it would have been nice. I would love to know. Like right now, my girlfriend lives with me. Mm-hmm. I have a girlfriend. And her mother lives with us. It's interesting. Oh, really? Because wow. her mo- they're, she, they're from Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. So her mother, Linda, went to get her during that big hurricane. Oh, yeah, yeah, Maria, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, name yeah, 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 yeah. Maria. So anyway, so she's living with us and uh, she's 88. Mm-hmm. And it's been two years now. Mm-hmm. She's the cutest little thing. So I am involved with taking care of an elderly mom. Oh wow! Which I never would have experienced. Wow, right? And it's cute because the cutest part is she doesn't speak English and I don't speak Spanish. Uh, and it's great. We get along famously. You're so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and she's talking to me all the time, and I'm thinking, I can't believe I don't speak Spanish. Idiot. Wow. But anyway, so you're so, having. So it's this kind of thing. I see what Linda goes through. You know, having an old mother. I mean, she does all the work. I do yeah, every right. now and again help in, but. You know, I mean, I'm like, wow. She take, you know, she's getting less and less mobile, and mm-hmm. and also more and more a little mm-hmm. dementia here. 
And so she takes it in, it takes her in, she gives her a shower. And I'm like, wow, this is what I maybe would have had to do. I don't know. So it makes you, it makes you think about that though. Yeah, it's it does. Interesting yeah, it's interesting at this phase yeah. that, that that's come back into your life. Right. Cause my father died, you know, he's in his seventies. Right. Mm-hmm. And my mother was young. So I didn't really have the, you know, elderly mm-hmm. parent thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that that must have really affected, but like what you're describing at age 10, like what you went through and then you became like really, you know, introverted. I mean, that must that was, have been, yeah, that was so really, that must have been a happened. really big, I bet that, how long, how long do you think that was that you were like really depressed or do oh, you, for a long time? Like years, two years? I don't It's hard know. when you're a kid. Oh God, I just felt like. Yeah, I went through it when I was younger. It was right after, must have been 11 and 12. And then after that, around 13, I, my friend Stella, who was one of my best friends uh, in, in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. she's dead now. She's, mm-hmm. my, it was, she was a crack addict. Anyhow, mm-hmm. so she's a good friend of mine, but she died later in life. Now, maybe mm-hmm. she's dead. I don't know how many years now. But, you know, my Brooklyn friends, we were all messed up in one way or another. Yeah. And um, so... So we became close, and then my other friends, and that's when, you know, those were my people, and then I finally came out of that hole. Oh, so you met people that you could identify with, but was that after high school? No, it was like 13. Or 13. No, it couldn't have been after high school, right? Yeah. At 13, we were, and then I had these friends in Brooklyn, 13, 14, we were smoking pot. Yeah. At 14, cigarettes, pot. Oh, I was like, you know. We were so, running wild. So we were you, running wild. So you round up with a wild crowd. Yeah. But do you man. think part of that was like your feeling of alienation and your lack of supervision? <laughs> well, there was no supervision, but it was also, and all of us, I, I look back and I go, did anybody care about any of us? We were all just, I, you know, but more, you know, my friend Stella was like my sister and my, my cousin was actually friends of, with ours too. And we just, I don't know, we just went so, out and we... We'd stay overnight at this guy's house, and so you had a sense of stability in a way. Yeah, with the, with my friends there. Yeah, yeah so and you I made was very family. close to them. So you made your own family. Yeah, Probably but then not. what happened? What's the sad part? What happened is then uh, my father married this piece of shit, this stepmother thing. And it's mm-hmm. so funny you talk about like my first joke comedy when I first started doing comedy. The very first joke I wrote was, you know, my mother died. And I did this in a in a in a saloon somewhere in Manhattan. This mm-hmm. was my job. my mother died. I got so depressed. I went to kill myself. So I took twelve Bayer aspirins. <laughs> Children's, of course. I didn't want to get sick. <laughs> that was my joke at the at the you that. Oh God, because how That's and awesome. then I go about my father marrying this uh this uh German woman. She was the only living relative to Hitler. <laughs> Every time she went to the oven I got nervous. Wow! Taking showers, so you know, I wrote jokes about. Well, I wrote jokes about my life, life. you know, right away from you know. So, do you think that being able to do that kind of like helped you? You know what? My life with that was very interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was not a dull moment. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. and and you you know what? Things like that bring out people you never know you're going to meet. Like when I was in, so my ultimately when my father married this piece of shit. We had to, she wanted to move to Jersey. So two years I spent in Jersey. But before I went, I split my head open. I had 25 stitches in my head. And she right away took that as I was trying to stop them (gasps) from having their honeymoon. 
And so from that day on, we moved to Jersey and I was miserable because all my good friends, yeah, the ones yeah. I finally connected to for years, yeah. are in Brooklyn. Yeah. And there I am back and I look like I did not belong in Jersey. Yeah, Let me no tell you way. Something. And then you go in the middle of a school year. You know yeah, what happens. You're from, like, you went, you, you were know. like Bensonhurst. I was. Something. I went in there. I you had, were Bensonhurst I to New Jersey. I had black eyeliner. I had yeah. this like, you know, wild hair. You know, no yeah, face. Yeah. And they all looked at me like, what the fuck? I didn't yeah. blend at all. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, so it was weird. So, but then, you know, I was depressed because where's my friends? They're all out in Brooklyn. Yeah. Well, you were, you went right back into the alienation, oh, the, the alienation yes. submersion yes. tub. Yes. That, yeah. that depressed. And then I started, mm. I met one friend and we started doing a lot of drugs together in, in high school. We did, uh, what did we do in those days? It was, uh, Quit, not quaaludes, downers, uppers, yeah, smoking quaaludes. pots. Yeah, quaaludes LSD. were popular. Oh, yeah, quaaludes. Yeah, so we LSD. Did, oh, we did it all, man. Yeah, yeah. So we both got expelled and had to go to rehab. So at 15, we're in an outpatient rehab. We're 16. Wow. And, um, and because of that, though, I met some of like the, the counselor. I wish I remembered these people's names now. Yeah. To write them a little thank right, you note. I don't right. know. Right. You know. Right. And she really took us both under her wing. And oh, then we had wow. a, a teacher... Her name I remember, Mrs. Goodman. She was a, she was the um, gym teacher, and she also took us under her wing. So you kind of wound up where you belonged, in a way. In a way, yeah. Isn't that funny? Isn't yeah, that funny? That's I was in Jersey, though. but that saved my life. Yeah, no, that's yeah. really because yeah. you wound up because you did really need some adult supervision yeah. and and some examples, right? Yeah, and yeah. those two people yeah. really saved my wow, life. Wow, that's that funny? really beautiful. Yeah. Um, I want to remind people that they're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. Don't you think it's a great idea? <laughs> hey, so you know, listen, all of a sudden yeah. you might remember you're listening to Radio the Free Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, and I'm here with... We're on the radio with Radio Free. With Free. Yeah. And n- nothing's free, <laughs> though. No. Yeah, please. Uh, so anyway, uh, I'm here with Michelle Ballin, who is an incredible comedian. And uh, uh, we're having a great conversation. And... Uh, I'm Dr. Lisa here every Thursday, two to three. And let me tell you about our newsletter. You should get our newsletter. We have these great mixers every month. And if you get our newsletter, you can find out about it. You can come here and meet us, meet me, come to our free pizza and beer. How's that? So go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. There I did. I did what I was supposed to. (laughs) Tom, I did it. Okay. You listening, Tom Tenney? I did what I was supposed to. So don't fucking try to pull my show. All right. Pizza and beer. (laughs) Pizza and beer. Um, so, uh, but, um, did you go to college? No. So what, how did you make a transition from being, uh, a, a bad kid to, I mean, you're a successful woman and you had a successful career yeah. in, in in publishing and stuff like that. So how how did you get well, there? When I was um, 16, 17, I moved back into New York by myself. I lived with my grandmother for a while, the one, you know, and uh, crazy lady. But I lived with her for a while in Brooklyn and that was pretty miserable. So, And that's when I realized I was a lesbian and I was like, what the fuck now? You know, my friends, I can't tell them. In those days, I was like a... If I tell them, they're never going to talk to me again. Blah, 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 so blah, you blah, realized blah. that at age like 13, 14, something like that? Well, I, I kind of knew younger, yeah. But but 
you know, and, and I was very became afraid. evident when they had girl boy parties and you go there and then it probably must reverberate with you that like, well, I don't know what, you know, no, but I mean, we're all, you might have known it like your whole life, but it doesn't really, you're not really confronted with it until well, later. But here's the funny part. I mean, I had boyfriends and all that and uh-huh. in high school in New Jersey, Just I had cute. like, yeah, I had two or three affairs with girls. In high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Good look, for you. Oh, look at that. That's very radical for yeah. our day. Yeah, my very God. Very radical. Yeah. It was interesting, though. It was like, you know, and they had boyfriends, and we all had boyfriends because, you know, in those days, you couldn't be who you are today. Today, I love yeah. it. I see kids holding hands on, on the ships together, like two girls and two guys on. Yeah, And right. to me, I still go, because I'm still a I'm still like back in the 70s. You can't, you can't be that way. So, and that's why I'm pretty closed about it and quiet about well, it. Well, as an entertainer, too, I mean, you know, it does affect how people are going to perceive it. Can, yeah. It can affect your work. Like, people Especially will Especially at my it. age. You know, they can understand when the kid is like, you know, oh, these young well, kids. Well, at our they age, go, we, they don't want to think about us being sexual anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I don't even want to be, I don't even want to think about me being sexual either. Um, no, it's definitely a bit. I change from sex to food. I get horny, I see a cookie. Um <laughs> No, that's radical that yeah. you were doing that in those yeah. days, for you sure. Know, yes, it was, and and a whole different world, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, but then I was uh, forced with the, what am I going to do now? And mm-hmm. so then I was, you know, those days, the Village Voice, remember the Village Voice? Yeah. Oh, God. Of course. Was. And they had the lesbian switch line, switchboard. Lesbians, mm-hmm. I'd call it every week, and I'd hang up, because <laughs> I couldn't, just the fact that I talked to another lesbian on the other side, I, I just got panicking, I hung up. You mean you, but what made you reach out? Because I was like, you know, what are my friends in Brooklyn, you know, hang with them. My, but I had, I had, I did didn't you want to talk to somebody, another yeah, lesbian like, yeah, and that, see, no, say yeah, like, what what's this? up? Yeah, like, what's how up? can I be a lesbian now? Yeah, like, like, how do you do this? this? What is this? Is you there had a, no examples. Is there a lesbian school? <laughs> <laughs> you know, do I have to go to lesbian college? What is this thing? So that was just another like confusing yeah, thing. Oh, very like, that, oh my God. Wow. It was like, what the fuck? What a so, fucking survivor. Oh man. Really? I'm telling you the real deal. So anyway. I'm bitching here. Yeah. Well, the place is filled with mosquitoes. <laughs> I'm, did you? Did you? Like my joke, anyway, anyway, I got bit by a mosquito. Yeah, and rashes. <laughs> yeah. We got tons of that, you know, just in the air. But anyway, so the thing is, is that um, so how did you yeah, actually so just, make it so, out into having like you? You had a really good job. Um, well, first I went into the city at seventeen, and I went to this lesbian meetup thing. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I finally had the courage to oh, go in. Oh wow! And, they had this. Yeah, yeah, they had this thing. Yeah, when I was looking through the Village Voice, they oh, had this wow. thing. I finally spoke to the, the, the hotline, and I was like, "Go to the firehouse." It was a place in the village. It was this shitty old firehouse with all these lesbians? And I walk in there, and I'm like, half of them scared the fuck out of me. I got to be honest yeah, with yeah, you. I said, yeah, "Okay, yeah. this is never going to happen." Yeah, yeah. But then I met some of. People, my we went to a club, we went dancing. I'm like, okay, this is not bad. Uh-huh. And, and I met somebody and I moved in with her in a minute and a half mm-hmm. just to leave my grandmother's house. Right. So now I'm living with a heroin addict in the village. Heroin addict, lesbian. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. <clears throat> like a really tough yeah. one. Yeah. We mm-hmm. lived in Little Italy and she paid $35 a month. Anyhow, rent. But there's, you know, that story could go on. I well, could be that's, for five years. Yeah, so. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to. So anyway, I got little jobs here and there in a deli. I worked in that bar we met at and blah, blah, blah. Did all of that. And then really things got rough. And I was stealing and I was being held up and blah, blah, blah. So I got this job. My older brother worked there. At, says, at the got, publishing yeah. company? Yeah. The, so your brother the, got yeah. you the job. Yeah. And then how did you do so well there? Like what happened there? 
I just were you kept, confident when you were confident when you you're confident at work? I'm so envious. <laughs> I can't take this. How Who do you act? Are you, you, you don't know me. I mean, are you kidding me? I had a bad... I could just see this you, though. Okay, I just wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, okay. I, have, I have a bad... Counter-transference, yeah, I'm projecting, yeah. sorry. When I, <laughs> when I have a bad set, even though I could have great show, a great show, a great show, I have a bad show, and I'm like, that's it. I knew it was going to come to an end. <laughs> I, I was funny at one time, but it's over now, and I'm, I'm going to be looking for a job in the neighborhood. I swear to God... Uh, one bad set, and I'm ready to go to Starbucks. I hear, I hear you have health insurance, you know. <laughs> I, I hear you. Oh I man, you. so it's not, you know. But what? But I mean, you, you, you weren't, you know, you weren't like emo- You were functional. You did, you did well at this job. So you oh, must yeah, have. So how did you? So how I did, did very you well. Must did have, very, well, because I started with a company that had like eight people. Uh huh. It was new. It was a uh-huh. pioneer in the computer typesetting business. And so, you know, I, I guess I was not stupid, you know. Right. I have a little bit, no college, but neither, my older brother didn't go to college. He you became the president college. of a company, my younger brother. My family, we didn't go to, my father got away Scott fucking cheap, man. No, yeah, no college, college, no weddings, nothing. Wow, yeah, right. And he died without leaving us a penny. I swear nice. to God, I want to dig him out and go, you motherfucker. Yeah, really. After all we went through, you couldn't leave us any money. You Okay, anyhow. So, uh. What did he do? Uh, he was. He was an artist as well. Like he was a great artist, but visual artist, painter, painter, and draw. But that was his side thing. He well, what did, how real, he, did he make he, money? Did he have money to leave? Well, then he could have bought fucking life insurance. No. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. The guy right. got away scot uh, free. Well, he got cheap with a nut paying. So anyway, no, he he became his passion was photography, painting. I sh- I have some drawings that he uh-huh. did that are really blow your mind no i'm sorry I'm, i got you off track i wanted to hear about how you, you your career rose at the but publishing then he, thing. He, he he was um he became a diamond setter on tw- uh, 47 oh, so, yeah right and then okay. he ended up with alzheimer which i swear i have and um that's what scares me every time i, I forget something oh my god I, my aunt had it i know oh yeah it's horrible please, i'm like Oi, I'm going to, uh, you know, you get old, you like, I got to go to a, this doctor, that no, doctor. No, I know, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. I hear I'm, I'm going to go to the prostate doctor just in case. Just in case, yeah. 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 You never know yeah. when you might get one. You never know. So, um, so you, so. Okay, so I rose to, uh, in, you, the, in the company. You wound up being a yeah. salesperson, and right? And then I ended up being a salesperson, making a lot of money. But you were able to go in and make demands. Well, you know what? Because what I, I saw in my late 20s when I was at that company, because I rose, I'm telling you, it was five people, so I'd move up, I'd move up, I'd move mm-hmm. up. And then I, they had all these salesmen that came with me on the sales. I, I went with them on their sales balls. Mm-hmm. But they knew nothing, and they turned to me, because I was there when the company began, so I knew every process. And they turned, what do you think, Michelle? Can we do this? And I blah, 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 blah. And I would explain the whole thing. And then one day I'm like, what the fuck? I'm making this guy commission money. He doesn't know shit. So I went to my boss. I said, that's it. He goes, no, because in those days, a 20-something-year-old girl is not going to do well in a corporation selling. What man is going to believe her? Yeah, no, I know. I was there. Yeah, you know. (laughs) Are you kidding? No, that's not going to happen. And I said, well, then I got to leave because I'm not going to make money. I mean, at that point, what did I care? I didn't even want to be at that company anyway. But also you didn't have like what I'm I'm getting also is that you didn't have a lot to lose in the sense of like – 
What was I going to lose? After yeah. where I came from, I had yeah. nothing to lose. Yeah, my parents expected me to have a job with health insurance, whereas like you were expected to like have a have maybe an apartment, yeah, <laughs> half yeah. a bed, half it's a bed, and a toilet that yeah. flushed. Yeah, then you were well. Nobody expected, you know. Yeah. So anyway, you were able. There was to, nobody. You were, yeah. So you didn't have that much no. to lose. And honestly, every year I was there was another year I didn't want to be there. I was like, what am I doing in this corporate world? I didn't even want to be in the corporate world. And then here I was. And then I went into sales and I started making good money. Because then mm-hmm. eventually when I threatened my boss, I said, then I'm leaving. And then they, they tried me out. And you know what? Can I tell you one thing? You know, you make calls to these other competitors, these companies, and my humor got me a meeting every time. I bet. I that bet. is really what made me successful. Because they'd I say, bet. no, we're not interested. And I would make some funny remark and then go, all right, how about next Tuesday? You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. That's exactly. Totally. But then I had some dicks that would be so mean to me. Like they'd be like, I don't want people to call me stuff. And I say, excuse me, sir, do you have salespeople in your company? (gasps) That's brilliant. Yeah. How was your company surviving if everybody hangs up the phone on them? Wow. There. See, see what I'm saying, folks? Yeah. You don't need a college college education ain't going to teach you that. No. And you know what? I was interviewing people that just came from college degree. I'm interviewing them. Yeah. And my company. Yeah. Going, okay, something's not right here. This guy just spent all this money and four years in college. So you really had the goods is what it was, what it sounds like to me. Like you understood how the thing worked, how to sell it, what, what people need you had the information yeah. you were able yeah. to like understand yeah. the information of what people needed to know and how to explain right. it besides the fact that you happen to be funny and charming and all that <laughs> but but, so even that, like I but other you, people didn't yeah, get it they, they weren't as know. smart they did and you knew that you, and everyone knew it was but, but it was obvious. hard it was hard because you know i still had to battle being a young woman girl whatever yeah and i had this one client that was be so nasty to me and i said to him look i'm not going to put up with this anymore we don't need your business if you're going to talk to me this way we're not going to do and what did he do Then all of a sudden he came back and he was sweet he apologized you know because they thought what do you know i want to talk to somebody who's a man over there you know what i mean yeah no that's yeah that's impressive i want to talk to a man See, that's what that's great that's great that you had that see i would have been like oh i'm really an idiot the guy's right See that selling really. See, that's great. Yeah, he, the, the, my my experience in that selling, you, yeah, yeah, was so good. It set me up for when I was dealing cocaine. So I learned. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Mm. And then I went from there to you know being that's a cool. drug addict, dealing cocaine, and making money, and then quitting, and then doing starting comedy. So how did you wind up starting? How did you get into comedy? Well, when I was at that corporate career, I really was hating it, and I was mm-hmm. doing a lot of drugs. And then I went into uh, the program. Mm-hmm. Took me years, but I got mm-hmm. in a very, yeah, a, a very dangerous place, uh-huh. and uh, so I went into the AA, NA, Oive, all of them, and, uh, <laughs> and then I met some people, like people from the twelve step programs, a whole different group of people, yeah, which were so supportive, man. Yeah, I mean, there should be a twelve step pro- program for everyone in this world, so supportive, and I put on, they put on an event. The twelve-step people—they would write their own plays. The talent was just ridiculous. Yeah. You know, most creative people are the ones that have the, you know, the yeah, drugs the, the, and the this. Yeah, oh, of course, sure, of course. So I did this comedy thing I put together, and I just—you know—I mean, you can't go you wrong with really, that kind of audience, anyway. No, but yeah. you were talent. You, you, you uh, did it. You organized like a whole thing, or I did the cabaret thing, and people wrote the play. It was—it's a whole weekend. Yeah. They have it all the time. Yeah. It's a sober so, weekend. Blah blah blah. So blah, that's blah. how you—that's how you got—you got it uh, going that way. And I killed and everybody there. You know, it's if you're in 12th, they're like, 
you're great. This is what you should do. This is your calling. This is this. So I left this corporate career. Mm-hmm. I owned an apartment in the village. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. That's how from much money. From your job. From the wow. job. That's impressive. But then, you know, I forgot when I left my career that I had this apartment to pay for and all of this. So the money ran out. So I went from owning an apartment to sleeping on my friend's couch. Wow. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck did I do? Wow, was what that happened? upsetting? Were you thinking, what, what, what were I you thinking scared. when you quit your job? Well, at the time, I was so happy to be done. I didn't uh, want to do the corporate thing anymore. Yeah. I was like, yeah, not me, you know. Nothing and, to lose. Nothing and to plus, lose. when I had, you know, the Coke, I threw up on a client. Uh, oh, I, was, I was a mess. I was uh, a mess. It was time for me to go because mm, mm-hmm. I was this close to getting fired. Uh-huh. So, um, but then they understood. My brother, you know, he yeah. and the other people yeah. was like, take a leave of absence. So you wound up um, on your friend's couch, <laughs> yeah. no money, or and then going. Maybe uh, the decision was, but here, here's how funny it is. I wouldn't let go of my apartment. It was like scratch marks in the walls. It's like I mean, I owned this apartment. I didn't want to lose mm-hmm. it. I didn't even think it through. I mean, I had a mortgage, a maintenance, and all this, and I took odd jobs. One job I was selling video, video jukeboxes for the mob. I'm telling you, I had, wow. I had all this. I take this job, that job. I did crazy things. I worked at a gym for a while, and I'd smoke in the office. It was great. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so then I just left. I I got. I had to rent out my apartment and I didn't even have enough money to paint. So I gave away my furniture for a paint job. Oh, I bartered. I just smart. said, if you paint my apartment, you could have this. Smart. So I had nothing. I had a TV and clothes when I left. Wow. So then I, um, I left and then all of a sudden this agent, Roger Paul, a good friend of mine, he calls me, he goes, Hey, I have a week for you in Atlantic city. Oh, <gasps> Out of nowhere? Out of nowhere. Out of fucking nowhere, man? Yeah, I just left my apartment. I am on a bus to Atlantic City with the last little trinkets and and painting my hair on the way to Atlantic City. Were you like, what was that? What did that feel like? It felt like, what the fuck? You see, you know what? Once you let go, this shit happens. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so, so amazing. It's amazing. And it wasn't like, you know, that my career blew up no, after no, that, but, but it was that's just, just sort of like, like a signal from the universe. Signal. Absolutely. And it's crazy. But I never even remember those signals. You always forget, you know, oh, it's never going to happen or this why not me? No. And you know what? And you look back, I look back at the different signals and I'm like, shit, I don't never remember them when I'm. Yeah. Self-esteem issues. Because yeah, you yeah. don't remember. I'm actually sort this project third party endorsement where I'd write them all down. Uh huh. But yeah, I hear you. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, so then you just kept going with it. Then I came back. I was still in my friend's house and blah, 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 blah. And then, um, yeah, I just, you know, One I, got, thing I, got to, a, yeah. I ended up getting a, a temp job <clears throat> in the, with a, this woman who was wonderful. It was, mm-hmm. it was actually an old client of ours. Mm-hmm. that when oh. I was at the company it was the client and they this woman took such good care of me man I mm-hmm. was like I have had people in my life that you know even though I lost so many great people like my mother and this and that I like somehow I have been lucky to meet people who really believed, took care of me and believed in you oh yeah. believed in me and took care of me and just you know I mean I'm lucky I'm unlucky but lucky yeah I, so, I mean everything led you know they say I mean it's kind of stupid it all led up to do I wonder if where I'd be with my mother? I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't be sitting here. Maybe I wouldn't be a comedian. I don't know. Well, a lot of it sounds like that you really did live a lot by your instincts. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I think like 
a lot of people, I think myself, a lot of people, I, and I don't think I'm the worst, but I think there's a lot of people that really live in fear. And I do. And I do. And most of the times, that time of my life, I don't know what it was, maybe because I was getting clean and sober and I was in another and had all these, uh, you know, very supportive people around me from yeah. the 12-step programs that believed in me. I didn't believe in myself, but they believed in me for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was mm-hmm. in my 30s and I quit this career to an unknown place. Not, you know, and they, you should be, I mean, it was these people that really, these people, I have to, I don't even know half the, who they are you now. Know, you know, it's so funny, like when you talk about like w- what you went through with like, you know, drug abuse, which in con- it isn't literally just drug abuse. It's just the symptom of everything else right, that you had right, to deal with. But right. um, what really comes out is like the people like you, you wound up with the right people because of that. Yeah. Because you really like you, you, you really fucking struggled. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've, you've had so many obstacles. So um, you wound up somehow people saw something in you. Unbelievable. I know. I know. Or you, you were able to, it's really those people that you were able to connect with that kept you going. Absolutely. And, and it all, and the funny part, it's all of the, about the drugs and the drink and the drugs. I really, wasn't a big, mm-hmm. that the, you know, in school at 15, the counselor and the, the gym teacher, and then later in life, the program pushing me to do this and taking care of me. And I mean, really, I mean, so all of, I mean, I, so I condone drug addiction. Drug Anyhow, addiction so, yeah. so good. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, telling you, I, I wish yeah, I'd been yeah. more addicted. Yeah, well, you can get addicted. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think gamblers that they don't take gambling addiction, food addiction. No, you got to go to the drugs. That's what you. Drugs need. is yeah, a great. That's where great, you go. Great, you got to go yeah, to the drugs. Yeah, because those people are all. You know, I'm not kidding. I mean, when I think back, all of those great things that happened were because I was getting clean. But but don't you? I mean, I do think that like drugs in a certain way are a symptom of, I mean, there's some, there's something very sensible about taking drugs. No. Well, any any addiction is to cover up something that hurts. You know, nobody goes, I love the taste of vodka, you know, or wow. I just wake up and going, I want to, I want to like be blowing. I want to, I want blood coming out of my nose from the cocaine. You know what I mean? Right. But, but it's usually like somebody who's got something really intense going on. There's a lot of intent. Well, I think Not, it's, it's, you know, it's, this, it's, the, it's the symptom, you know what I mean? It's, you know, the cause is other shit, uh-huh, you know, depression right. and sad and, and this right. and not finding a place. And, and like I said, a lot of creative people mostly because it's never enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. And so you reach out to this and you get this, you try this, you try this. And then the next thing you know, and that's why so many people I met in the program were so talented. Yeah. So and I, talented, man. Yeah. yeah. No, there's a lot of really, really, yeah. Um, but also, I think there's a lot of motivation, like what you're talking about, like what you went through with, you know, there's a lot of motivation in uh, all this stuff. Like you got to go out and you got to get the stuff. You got to take the stuff. You got to <laughs> hang out. There's yeah. not like, you're yeah. not, you're, you're very, I mean, people are very, you know, passionate or motivated you got to be fucking motivated yeah. in a certain yeah. way you do even you right to do drugs you got you got to go you got to go buy it you got to find the dealer you got to make the calls you make the calls you take gotta, the yeah. thing start you gotta all over you gotta yeah, go yeah. and get more because it's not enough so there's make, a little, but i yeah. am really impressed by you know so often um people that i really creative people i admire like when i look you know i'm a big 
bio memoir person. I look into their, I look forward to yours. Um, There's a lot of people who've been through like drugs, drug addiction and stuff like that. So I also wonder, and I think this about like, do you know Mark Maron? Do you know him? Yeah. Well, I've met him over the years. I'm I'm not, we're not close at any means. I mean, I mean, he's, you know, a podcast guy. So I, whatever. Um, you know, he talks about that a lot, but I always think there's so many successful people that have been through, uh, you know, drugs or alcohol or like I used to always watch. Remember they had the bio, the auto, the biography channel and they do everybody's bio and they're always the same. They were successful. They made it big and then they got into drugs and and then Uh then they fell down and then they made it big again. (laughs) I mean, that's everybody's story. Everyone of those stories. And I would say, I go, that's my story, but I never made it big again. (laughs) I never was big. I never made it big again. But that's what it was. It was like they were up here, then they fell, they got drugs and then they got clean. They went to rehab and then they're big again. What is that? You know, so, every bio was like that. I know. Yeah, every I know. One of them. Yeah. I know. So maybe it's a certain kind of person that can get through. Well, what or it takes. you die or you die, you know, like yeah, some you, of these Heath Ledgers and all of that who just die, you know, yeah. from drugs. Yeah. But I guess. And then there's all the people who just really turn into burnouts that you never hear about. So there's so if right. you so if you take the burnouts and you take the people who died, then you're left with the people who actually made it through the rehab and everything yeah. else. And made it big pe- again. <laughs> and those people are successful. Yeah. Well, but it's always a battle, it's- but it's always a battle uh, emotionally. You know, you might get clean, but you always have the demons. It's all the demons. That's what it is. You may not be, you Using. know, like some people, the one, the one thing I learned when I was in the 12 step was great. You're like, you're not doing drugs and so now you're overeating or now you're yeah. drinking. And they call it changing seats on the Titanic. Wow. Not great? Yeah. Because that's exactly, yeah. you gave up this, but now you got this. Or now you're doing, right. so it's hard to stay away from doing anything. And I'm that way. I'm an excessive person, all or nothing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm either yeah. writing it or I'm not writing it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. I think addiction is a, you know, a uh, it it does switch. It's just, just a matter of switching from one thing to it, the other. It's a, keeping it in check. Yeah. Or you always have to keep it in check. Or channeling it into something positive. Exactly. Positive. Exactly. Do you realize like we only have a minute and a half left? This is crazy. This was such a great, you're such a great interview. Oh, you thank that. you. Can oh, you take please, that stop. compliment? Stop Can you it take, now. take stop a compliment? It. I'm never coming back. Take a back. fucking compliment I'll already. I'll come back when you have Radio Free Queens. <laughs> okay. You'll come back with I'll say you're. I'll say I'll have Radio. the nasty show where we're just going to rag on Michelle. You're you'd be great for a roast. You that's Radio Free Westchester. Okay. okay, okay. So, um, folks, you got to go to michelleballin.com. Uh, that's one L in Michelle and one L in Ballin. And then you also got to go see her October first at the. You tell us about it. You at tell us about Gotham it. Comedy about Club. Yeah, yeah. I have, we have a friend that uh, had something done, her brain, a surgery, and now she's paralyzed. So we're doing a benefit for her. It's going to be Lane Boozler, me, and a few other people. It's going to be November, not no, October 1st. October 1st. I, October 1st at Gotham. Go to my Facebook. I have it on there. I'll post a link yeah. on my page, too, when yeah. I post your, Yeah, you come know, and your, it'll help yeah, us. It's a good support. It. And then Elaine Boozler. If you yeah. don't know her, then, you Michelle know, stay home. Michelle Elaine Boozler in Manhattan, yeah. which October is really 1st, amazing. And then 7 a.m. 7 a.m. 